I'm Rob Thomas from Club Resort Business, and uh, welcome to another episode of Club Resort Talks. Today's episode is brought to us by Club Procure. Uh, their membership spans from coast to coast and ranges from nine-hole public facilities to elite private clubs. Uh, the members enjoy uh, savings programs on more than 100 suppliers. Uh, they can leverage strategic relationships with well-known manufacturers and distributors and gain tremendous buying power within each area of operation. A dedicated Club Procure team will be there to assist with maximizing savings that fit your needs. Learn more at clubprocure.com. And hey, now that we've got that out of the way, let me introduce you to Phil Karen, our senior editor. Phil, how's it going? I'm doing well, Rob. Beautiful Friday here. Enjoying it. Gorgeous. Where it's about yeah. time, right? I know. We've, we've, we've suffered through winter long enough. It's Yes, it's spring. Spring is strong. So, hey, mm -hmm. what's going on in the news? What are you seeing? Saw a lot of interesting stuff this week. Um, saw a couple stories that are kind of connected with uh, growing the game, particularly uh, growing the game for the next generation of golfers. Uh, for one, there was a story, uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. There's a new public course opening there called The Park. Uh, as I understand it, it was at one time uh, West Palm Country Club, um, the course closed in 2018, and initially there was talks of kind of maybe converting the land into, or at least part of it, into condos or townhomes. Uh, but then PGA of America CEO Seth Watt, he spearheaded a project individually, separate from his association with PGA, and raised $55 million to build and endow it. He's a co-founder of the course along with Dirk Ziff. So it's going to have, it's an 18-hole course, of course. Um, a lighted nine hole par three course will be there on site, 18 hole putting course. Uh, speaking to the next generation of golfers, there's a two acre kids only golf area. Uh, there's a lighted two sided driving range with a state of the art practice facility. It's gonna have top tracer uh, technology and it's being designed uh, by PGA tour coach, uh, Darren May. And there's gonna be instruction for golfers of all abilities as well as uh, in school golf programs that'll bring students out there for their first golf outings, uh, practice facilities offered for high school golf teams. So great, a great one to see as far as um, offering uh, a facility, a site, if you will, for the next generation of golfers. West Palm Beach. I just flew in and out of West Palm Beach. Mm -hmm. I'm away to uh, Boca Raton and the Broken Sound Club. Uh, unfortunately, I get a ton, a ton of rain, so I couldn't really get on the golf course. But uh, Boca Raton and that South Florida area is massive, massive with golf. And I'm um, glad to see that they're doing, they're doing more with the growing the games at, at Broken Sound Club specifically. Uh, mm -hmm. This got done with a $40 million, $40 million uh, renovation project of their clubhouse, massive clubhouse, beautiful, beautiful clubhouse, um, indoor, outdoor dining, uh, card room for men and women, uh, so just amenity after amenity after amenity, and that's going to be in our um, May issue. It's going to be the cover story. So looking forward to that. Um, I had to jump in there when you said West Palm Beach because, boy, that's they've been getting inundated with rain, and I experienced it firsthand. What else is going on, Phil? Well, and as you know, Rob, we just saw the Masters last weekend, and, and congratulations to John Rahm on winning the, winning the championship last weekend. And they, Augusta National was also in the news. Um, there's a partnership there. Augusta National Golf Club is doing with Augusta Technical College, first tee of Augusta. 
and Augusta Municipal Golf Course, which as I understand is better known as the Patch. Um, Augusta National is gonna be involved with renovating both the, the Patch's uh, golf course property and First Tee's property. Uh, and then Augusta Technical College, as I understand it, has joined with the city of Augusta to, if you will, take over operation of the, of the patch, again, Augusta Municipal Golf Course by 2025. And Augusta Technical College will actually relocate its golf course management program uh, to the patch. Uh, so as I understand it, you're kind of, it, it's going to be, a, Augusta Technical College is going to have its golf course management and workforce programs um, there at, at Augusta Municipal Golf Course, uh, also linked with First Tee. So it's going to create a kind of the first partnership between those facilities as well. Augusta National is going to kind of assist in planning and supporting the partnership as well. Um, and the partnership's in the early stages, but Fred Ridley, chairman of Augusta National Golf Club in the Masters Tournament, he said this partnership can, quote, help produce the next generation of golf's workforce, uh, make the game more accessible, and, and invites you and inviting to youth and residents throughout the community. So it's nice to see those entities kind of working together to develop a partnership uh, to bring more employers and players to the game. And you know, sometimes when I hear the phrase, grow the game, you think about in, in terms of players, of course, you want a next generation of junior golfers, programs for youth uh, like that. But it obviously growing the game would also refer to making sure you have people in the workforce to become superintendents, assistant superintendents, uh, other people who work on caring for and maintaining golf courses as well. So it's nice to see there's sort of this partnership with all these different entities um, are kind of working together to provide growth really in what really two phases of the game, obviously a new generation of players, but also a next generation of the workforce that will help maintain all the courses for the players. Synergy, right? Everything's coming yeah. together, uh, working together. And I'll tell you what, if there's one facility that uh, knows how to do things right, it's Augusta National. So, uh, mm -hmm. People say they rave. They cannot talk highly enough about not just the golf course, but um, the experience when they're at the Masters. Uh, I mean, right on down to the, the prices. Prices are always amazing me that you can get a beer, a domestic beer for, what, four bucks? Uh, you can get a, an egg salad sandwich or a pimento cheese sandwich for a buck 50. I mean, some it's just ridiculous prices. They're not out there gouging you. You know, they're giving you a great experience, letting you uh, a little sneak peek behind the curtains and seeing that beautiful golf course. And from what I understand, there could be some more synergy with that golf course and the patch. Um, you know, some, some, some similarities between the two. Obviously, they don't have the, the budget that Augusta National has. But um, with that backing and uh, the know-how, well, I'm looking forward to seeing what's, uh, what comes of all this. Yes, and it's definitely very exciting. And speaking to Augusta National, I noticed in watching the broadcast of the Masters that it was, I don't remember which player it was, but they were interviewing players. I think it was on that Sunday when um, players were finishing, some players were finishing their third round from you know, the, the washout on Saturday. And they were having a kind of a quick press conference before they went out to play their next their 18 holes for their last round. But there was a golfer who was talking about how impressed he was with the condition of the course, given, given how difficult the circumstances were for the workers to navigate with all that bad weather. I mean, when were they going to get out there to, to work on things? And he talked about how, I mean, he knew it had such a great reputation, but he was really impressed with what they had done under, again, 
really a, a difficult situation out there this past weekend. It, you know, to see any ball bounce on Sunday, uh, any any role at all, you know, and I know, I mean, any golf course here, public or private here in Northeast Ohio, you're out there playing today. It's pushing 80 degrees and sunny, but it's still wet, still wet out there. And you're not going to get a, a an inch of roll. That ball is going to plug over and over and over again. As much rain as they got in a short period of time and the ball bouncing. I mean, it says a lot to the technology, obviously the sub air, the drainage they have there, the superintendents and his crew, man, I'll tell you what, they did a great job because that golf course was still pristine. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, those trees fell. Thank God nobody got hurt. Those things yeah. were cleaned up right away. And, um, you know, unless you knew where, where it happened, I think you'd be hard pressed to find out, you know, find exactly where it was, but, uh, you know, kudos to, to Augusta national kudos to the masters, Fred Ridley and everybody involved, because that was fantastic. Beautiful. It was definitely great. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Phil, before we get too long, uh, let's throw it to Augustine Pisa, who's the founder of Pisa golf. Uh, you and I can talk and I'll talk, talk, talk about, um, what's going on in the news, but, this next interview that I did, we're limited to a half hour when we're on, on zoom. Mm-hmm. And I went right up to that. I and mean, I'm sitting there watching him talk and we're seconds are ticking away. We're getting close to being cut off because I could have talked to this guy for, for hours, Augustine Pisa or Augie, as his friends call him, uh, big in sustainability. Uh, he's got so many concepts in his mind that he's working with. It's really, uh, just, it's, it's a revolution the evolution of golf but uh it's the stuff that he's doing is really it's spectacular and uh beyond what's been going on right now uh he's great team with brandel chambly who uh is one of the uh, foremost experts in um in the game uh, he's a talking head on on golf channel yeah uh, love him or hate him you know brandel's got his his detractors but boy the guy knows golf and uh they have formed this nice partnership uh that that's taking golf design to the next level into the next generation so um let's throw it to um i'll say goodbye to you right now phil and let's throw it right to uh my interview with augustine pisa today's guest on club resort talks is augustine pisa of pisa golf augie how you doing good rob it's great to see you hey nice to see you I was telling I was telling Augie a little inside secret. I ambushed him on the streets of San Diego last year on the way to a party. I was looking forward to talking to him, and I finally got him. It's a year later now, but we're here on a Zoom call. It was great, and thanks for doing it. I really appreciate it. Uh, I I know that we're here, so now from now on, we will have time and make time to have a great chat. You know, in the uh, convention center over there in San Diego at the golf show, we're all crazy doing uh with our agendas but uh thanks for stopping by and saying hello i really appreciate it beautiful hey let's get like in the marvel universe we have these origin stories right i want to know your origin story how did you get into golf course architecture i'll try and i'll try and, and uh, to me it's a long story but i'll try and just take get the short version my okay. i come from a family of sports per se both of my parents were pe teacher group teachers growing up um, and then, so uh, my brother and I grew up in that ambience. Uh, we played competitive everything, ironically, except golf. Uh, <laughs> and, but we grew up in Tijuana Country Club, born and raised in Tijuana. 
we grew up in Tijuana Country Club, so we knew about golf. But at that time, when uh, you know, growing up in the uh, in the seventies and the eighties, it was it was a little bit more stuck up. It was a little bit kind of like you know, little kids aren't that welcome on the club. You know, you can play Saturday after six p.m. or something like that. <laughs> so, uh, so it really didn't get my interest. I was you know working and 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 playing competitive uh, basketball, football, um, tennis, et cetera, et cetera. So. I knew that I wanted, that's one side of the story. I knew that I wanted to become an architect. Now, there are no architects in the immediate family, so that's a surprise. Uh, I don't know from where, but it didn't matter. I knew that I wanted to become an architect, a creative. I was a very creative since I was little, um, or, or slash menace. I don't know, whatever it was. Uh, and I, and when I graduated from architecture, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a regular vertical licensed architect. When I graduated from architecture or during my architecture, I was thinking, how do I mix this with sports? And it was until I discovered or it discovered me that I, that I had the opportunity to join my two passions, architecture and sports through golf design. Uh, so once I graduated, I started now, now I really became a golfer um because i couldn't do anything else you know i couldn't play football i couldn't do anything once i graduated so around 23 24 years old i i i became uh, now a golfer and now it clicked and now it's like wow i love this nature and it can everything connected and with the architecture side i just fell in love and had the opportunity to uh, live my two passions oh, that's that's a beautiful story i love it uh, i grew up the same way uh not in a country club but athlete you know you're playing all these different sports you didn't really play golf until i got into high school then that then kicked off for me what's what's your philosophy on design do you have an over overreaching kind of philosophy or is it just kind of ebbs and flows uh no actually uh, well like any artist uh it evolves yes i've been 25 years in the business and i love the arts uh obviously my architecture side as one of the arts in uh in in the world uh, you you evolve, you create, you have an experimental phase, which I think that I am in now, which I love. I think the experimental phase of any artist is is the most important. You you grab a musician, grab a you grab a painter, grab whoever. Their experimental phase is one of the most important and their backbone to what they can eventually create. So uh, the 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 design philosophy basically is is based on nature to be honest Rob. based on nature i you know growing up and 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 having the opportunity to uh be able to 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 grow and to see uh jack nicholas gary player tom fazio uh uh you know uh robert von hage and have an opportunity to be in their in some of their projects um it is it it was to me you hear a lot of things you no know, especially the signature project or the uh, uh, I, I decided at that point that there should be no signature and this I, I would like to credit Tom Fazio because when I had the opportunity to work as a junior project manager at Cadencia it really opened my eyes to say hey you're right I mean this is and then in my philosophy it's like but why don't we let nature be the signature that, that should be the signature out there you know, uh, yes, uh, we like to think that we design for every, that every hole could be a potential signature hole or because of the attention to detail that we create. But 
you know, let nature be the signature. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's been there for a few, uh, a few thousand years. Why don't we, uh, why don't we, why don't we, you know, they were ahead of the queue. Why don't we, uh, why don't we let that space happen? Yes. And, and that has been our philosophy or my philosophy in the, uh, in the, in the past years. It's let, let nature be the signature. That's, that's fantastic. You know, I, I first got into architecture um, from a fan's point of view, from talking to uh, Dr. Michael Herdson. And I know when he was with Dana Fry, one would be like uh, this, let the land dictate the golf course. The other is like, let's move a ton of dirt. And I mean, so they worked well together. Obviously, they have some great golf courses, but um, they're totally different philosophies. So you're more on the line of letting the land dictate what's, what's out there? Well- Yes and 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 no. It is it is a very good combination, and there's a very nice thin line that sometimes you can manipulate. Of course, depending on what the situation needs. Uh, the, one of the competitive advantages, if I may say so, is that um, I, I grew up with these in these mega projects in Cabo. Yes, so I was involved at at, at Palmilla at El Dorado at. Uh, uh, you know, these places that Cadencia that you moved one side of the hill to the, you know, the hill was here. Now it's here. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding, but you know what I mean? I mean, it was just, you know, you do what you have to do. And these are like kind of like the extrovert side of the of golf design. Yes. On our side of the world, on this side of the world, we're extrovert. We're bigger, bolder. Let's do this. Let's do it wherever. Let's get away with that. Yes. Why not? Let's do this. So uh, that was that was my kind of like my formative years. And then I went to do my master's degree to consolidate myself, at least in my book, to consolidate myself as a golf architect. I applied to, to a, a master's degree in Edinburgh University. And that was in 2003 to 2005, where I studied my master's degree in golf architecture in Scotland, in the cradle of golf, and had the opportunity to study there, had the opportunity to play the gems and had the opportunity to work part-time for a Scottish architect. Now we're talking about the other side of the spectrum. Now we're talking about conservative. Now we're talking about ecology, minimalist approach. So I had that as well. And that made me part, and that's why I'm also part of the European Institute of Golf Course Architects, which is the equivalent of the American Society of Golf Course Architects. Uh, and, and there's only uh, three, four of us in the world that, that, are, that are members of both. So it's a, it's a, a privilege that, that we take. And, and that brought us or my firm into that middle section where, okay, now what is it? What, what are we going to do? Well, it, now it, it, the most important piece of the puzzle, Rob, is knowing the brief. What is the brief? What are your objectives as, as our client? So we understand the artistic side, but we also understand the business, yes? So now what, is the, what are the objectives? What is the business plan? Who are we catering for? So the why, who is our final client, yes? Our client is not you. You pay the checks, yeah. but our clients for, for both of our interests is the final end user, yes? So who are we catering for? And that brief, will give us a better result in the in in the end result because we know exactly to whom we're going to cater and what we're going to cater for yes it's like writing a novel it's like writing a book it's like writing a great play 
what is what are your intentions? Are you writing a you know are you writing a, 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 an eighteen hole chapter thriller, a, a romantic comedy? As, you know, is it is it a resort style golf course where you just want people to break hundred? Is it a player's course like TPC Sawgrass where you want to you know is it a thriller? Is it like Terminator out there? You know, it's what is it? Once you have that brief, then the the golf resort uh, country club club whatever should become a success that is a key thing to to when you when you start designing and when you when you when you first contact the client is to help them with that overall brief to know where this is headed well you'd mentioned being an artist and and that always it boggles my mind how you can look at a, a, a either a flat piece of earth or just a you know a blank can- canvas and come up with this design this this beauty and I was like one of my buddies is uh, Brian Orr a golf course photographer based out of Utah and the way he can take a picture he, he and I can be looking at the same hole he takes a step like two three steps to the left and his picture is so much better than my picture because I'm just sitting there on the tee taking a look at what I look at right and he looks at a different lens imagine very much like an architect looks at a piece of property in a different lens yes I, I think if I may, I'm going to, uh, you know, answer with this, Rob, because you mentioned a very key word there, blank canvas, and you hear it all the time. We don't believe in a blank canvas. We don't think that there, there, there is no blank canvas. It is nature. So when, when people say, oh, you, have, you had a great blank canvas. No, we didn't. We had a great piece of nature that we had to respect and, and, and assess and study and breathe and caress in order to gently design this beautiful master plan and this great golf course. But it had no blank canvas on it. If you have your approach on the nature side and you connect with nature and, 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 and you design you know, with your pencil, but from the heart, there is no blank canvas out there. And, and that's, that's, the, probably the most, if you accept the challenge, of course, because if you don't, then you can plow your way in there and just do whatever. But if you accept the challenge, it becomes a more, you know, a, a, a best book project. And, and and you say, hey, remember when we used to have that tree, we shaded there, we that's where we rested that. And now it's right here, you know, framing the backside of green hole number four. Et cetera, et cetera. It depends on what on how, what's your approach and how you approach golf design is is uh, and, and by this I don't mean any critique to anybody out there. It's just a different approach. You know, sometimes there's people out there that they don't know what they don't know. That's sure. you know. Well, I I would fit in that category, but it, that that's a nice <laughs> transition into sustainable golf. I know that you've you've talked a lot about it, and it's very very important. Uh, it's it's a buzzword in the industry right now. They don't want um, these courses that just aren't sustainable in today's environment with the environment. How do you, what are your views on sustainable golf? Well, uh, completely. I mean, I'm, but, but we've been working on sustainable golf for, for years. Uh, we like to think, uh, we like to think that we're even ahead of, of, of any norms and regulations because that's, that's how we think anyway. This is, when we start designing, we have value engineering in our minds because we understand construction, we understand the process, we understand project management. So we're, you know, we're we're thinking 
like engineers. We're thinking like an irrigation consultant. We're thinking like an agronomist. We're thinking like you know, uh, like 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 environmental impact assessment. We we bring all those things to the table, and that's where we start designing. Now that's one part. The other is, uh, you know, sustainability. Yeah, it's, it's it's become a trend. I think it's good. Uh, now the only thing missing is that sometimes we abuse of that. You know, maybe we're missing a uh, echo golf design out there because everything's echo now. You know, uh, <laughs> so echo echo car wash and echo this and 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 now you over exploit it and uh, and it becomes you know kind of the you know it it doesn't make a lot of sense. But if uh, in in all serious now, what we have what we have created have been different concepts. Um, you know, we, we call it less resource, more fun, which is we started designing for the non-golfer. There was always the talk about let's grow the game, let's grow the game. And I don't know if a lot of people were doing this in the in, in the past decade, uh, but we were talking about it. Yes, everybody was talking about it, but I don't know until until Top Golf, until this, until that came about. Then it's like, oh, this is the way that could happen. Now I don't know how how I mean. There's there's a small percentage that translate from 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 this to that to regular golf, but that's beside the point. The point is that we started to to think about golf in around 2017. It's like, what is golf? You know, it's it's to a certain extent it's unsustainable. It is now to a player or or or, or a new player, it is intimidating. It is judgmental. It is time consuming. It is pricey. It is, there's different factors, yes? And, and for developers, they think that they need to come up with 250 acres to develop a golf course. And we're like, no, we need to come up with a new model. And we created, one of our first models was Wellness Golf. And you can hashtag Wellness Golf out there on any platform. And it was a small, it was our less is more approach. It was our, our, our other angle for return of investment for existing, existing complexes, existing country clubs. This, uh, this, this complex that's in Chablay Resort is, is under 10 acres and it's out four greens in the middle and it's on an X shape. And you can just, you know, it, it opens up different avenues. It opens up, you know, a different market. It opens up a different membership. You now see, at least in our in, 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 in our example, you now see the grandfather playing with the grandson, the mother playing with the daughter or the son. That is beautiful. They had they never, they were just there watching at the driving range how they taught their kid, but they never interacted with them. And now in these smaller footprint places that you can do either inside your driving range or on a separate piece of land that like we have uh, the golf lounge, the pit, probably seen it. You can hashtag the pit. 2020 and multi-purpose golf why not create an area that you have as well in multi-purpose where now it's easy now now everybody or now you see it but in 2017 there, there wasn't a lot of talk about you know the driving range being the driving range but it also could be a part three course so on downtime we thought about this like a movie theater Rob. again sustainability you're still gonna show the movie at 2 p.m., but nobody's going to be there. You're probably going to have three people. How do you get people in? Because you still have to show it. So you're still going to get electricity. You're still going to get resources. You're still going to do all of that. How can we get people on the driving range from 12 to 4 p.m. where there's nobody there? 
So maybe an after-school program now for these kids, you open up the driving range, you reassess it, redesign it for a multi-purpose course, and now it's packed with kids and their parents after school, and they're ordering food, they're ordering refreshments, they're ordering, and you open up a different avenue of revenue, a different avenue of, of uh, income, of, uh, of, of membership. And as we like to write in our, in, our, in our sketchbook, we want to create areas where kids, that, that was part of the, uh, that was part of the, uh, of the equation of these less is more, less footprint, um, less resource, more fun, better return of investment uh, uh, collection that we have at Pizago. The the pit was the one that introduced me to you. I had, um, that was the first thing I heard the name Augustine Pisa when it came to the pit. And it's fantastic. Hey, you'd kind of mentioned about the, the F and B, the getting people to get used more, getting use out of the club, maybe that they weren't getting use out of. So how that brings me to my next question. How do you work with an existing club, uh, be it the general manager, the, the board of directors to, um, to implement something like that, whether it's a whole course renovation or it's a smaller intimate project. Yeah, that's, that's the beauty of it, Rob, that at the end, you know, I was, I was also mentioned going back, also mentioned about developers now developers, and we are developing a smaller footprint project of only 15 acres with 40 villas around it, like a horseshoe. And now it's kind of like your backyard concept. Oh my, I have a golf course in my backyard, you know? So it, it creates this now less footprint. Now a developer can create something special and give it the same value. We, we have discovered that the housing development still has that increment and value. Like if it was a golf course, because people that live on a golf course development they don't really care if they if they're looking at a part five, at a part three, at a part at a part four. They what they want is to open up their curtain and see a golf course, see green, see a nice, uh, you know, uh, elongated view from their house. That's what they buy. When you're you buy you buy being in a in in a in a community. You buy aspiration. You buy uh, security. You buy the view and. Uh, another thing that, that surprised us when we were learning this is that 60% to 80%, depending on where you're at, of home buyers on a golf course don't even bother to play golf. They don't care. So now you can have this. Now you can have these smaller footprints and still look at your window and look at the pit. And you've seen that. You look at the window, you look at the pit, and you're like, wow, this is my backyard. This is, this is awesome. So going back to your question, how do I approach, uh, 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 it, it is, it is, it is, you know, uh, it is a matter of reassessing your existing projects. We have gone from even looking at the whole existing routing of the, of the, of the, of the whole complex and saying, Hey, you know, we can increase this long par four to a par five and we can shorten this part five to a part four, and we can add another part three, so we can grab onto this space. We create spaces inside their existing routing. That's kind of like the extreme. We've done it. So now we eliminated one hole or half a hole from their existing, and we created this beautiful multi-purpose area for the whole family, and and for and for you know golf outings, 
for uh, conventions, for weddings, for for anything. They're out there just, you know, just hacking the ball and playing different aspects, having wine tasting, ceviche, tostada, you know, pairings. And and they're out there just in, you create experiences within the experience inside your golf course. We've done that. That's one extreme. The other one is, hey, we have the driving range. Now, usually the driving range is an afterthought when somebody designs, especially if your golf course is from the 50s, 60s, 70s. It's, it's, it, and it's a not, not a high-end golf course. Usually the driving range is, ah, we could just use the driving range there. And it was like kind of like an afterthought in a lot of clubs. No? So let's see what we can do with this driving range that you have and create uh, a golf lounge, a multi-purpose golf, a wellness golf, some concept that you can have a better atmosphere slash return of investment slash membership, new membership, not necessarily new membership, but membership that weren't, was, weren't, wasn't being used. Now they're using it. So at the end, that's what you want because you want to create a community and that's what we're for. We want to create a community with our concepts. Now that is, that is how we work with the clubs. Now, obviously, when we work from scratch, if we're working on a new club, we are thinking now of the regular golf course, either, again, if it's championship, if it's resort style, if it's whatever, we're thinking about that routing. We're thinking about that treasure map that how I like to call the routing. It should be a very nice treasure map that takes you exploring through the site. And then where we want the energy to be concentrated, we're thinking of a golf lounge slash the pit multi-purpose driving range that you know you can turn on and off and um and and of course a wellness golf or whatever we're thinking of all of that while we are designing our short game area our our driving range our our food and beverage area cool area you know gamified driving range all of that we're thinking uh when we when we design a new golf course now You've recently, or not recently, I guess it's been a while now. Everything seems recent now. COVID's messed everything up for me. But, everything um, seems recent. <laughs> you've, you've partnered with Brandel Chambly from the Golf Channel. Yes. I imagine you and Brandel have similar um, tastes or similar thoughts maybe, but are there things that differ? How does this relationship come ha- Haven't you seen a debate? Come on, <laughs> what do you think we're going to think alike? No, no, no. no this is, uh, I'm kidding. We are, he... I just fell in love with the guy. Uh, we met like six, uh, seven years ago now. Recently, I was going to say recently. We, we met like seven years ago up in Orlando. I was at the golf show and, uh, and, and, I, and I was doing things with the golf channel. And, um, and we, we just met by chance. And uh, we got introduced by, by a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, Matt Janella. Uh, so I was, having, I was having lunch with Matt and he introduced us. And that, that was it. It was kind of like, ah, oh, cool. We followed each other on, on, on social media. And that's where kind of like the flirting began. He, we were like, oh, great, great stuff. Brother, I love your insight. So I started to pay more attention. And he started to pay more attention. And, and it was a couple of years ago where we really sat down. We opened our office in San Diego. And, uh, and that was time to say, hey, all right, let's, let's sit down. Let's say, what, what, is your, what, what, what are your passions? You know, we sat on a one-on-one and I absolutely loved his approach and his respect to golf architecture. He said, Augie, I have interviewed the best. I have been around the best through Golf Channel. 
And I, I, again, that phrase, I know what I don't know. So I, I don't feel comfortable. Brandel is a person that prepares. You've seen his yellow pads. He prepares and prepares for everything. And I admire that. Uh, and that is, that is great because when he decided, when we spoke about partnering up on, on, on special projects, said, okay, Augie, so what book do you want me to read first? What book do you want me to read second? And then when do we have a design session? And I was like, holy moly, this is fantastic. I mean, he, he really pushed me to, 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 okay, let's do this together. And then, and then, and then we, we started to create, you know, design uh, things and, 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 and just talk about design and debate it and why this and why should we, you know, I don't know if I love or if, and, and we, we mentioned this and we agree on this. I don't know if, if the golden age of architecture has been the best and most uh, artistic expression of golf yet. I mean, what, what, if, what if in 500 years we haven't found it yet? Let's look for that. You know, but there is, and, 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 and it's great that we've come back to embrace the golden age of architecture in the past 10 years. But what if that's not the maximum expression that's out there? So we are, one thing that we, a lot of things we coincide, and one of them is we are both critical thinkers. You know, we, we question ourselves what we know and what we think we know, which is most important. Yeah. And, that has, and that has made us, I think very strong in regards to our design philosophy, our design approach, our approach to a project. And we came and, and, and that's where the butterfly golf comes up to play, which is another speaking of sustainability, Rob, that sustainability from less is more approach of the less footprint. Now it's a more is less approach with six more holes on four loops of six. We created 24 permutations, so 24 combinations of a different routing in that particular area. So for 24 holes in the shape of a butterfly or a four-leaf clover, you can play three loops of these combinations for 20, in 24 days, you will not play the same routing. And that is impressive, or at least for us, that when we, you know, when we were discussing that, we're like, wow, this, this, and that's, that's, that's why, how we were inspired with the butterfly effect that you probably heard of or the chaos theory, which is how something so insignificant can create ripples around the world. You know, kind of like the, the theory is the flap of a butterfly wing in the Amazon could create havoc in Kansas, a, a tornado in Kansas eventually with that energy. Yes. So we are firm believers that this adjustment that it did not happen in 500 years of golf history Four loops of six, for us, if our client has the land, we will never design another 18-hole golf course again. Why? People love playing six holes. So you have four loops of six. You can play 12. Obviously, you can play nine and 18. Sure. You play 24. But other than that, with six more holes, you can play 24 different permutations. So it becomes now with the more is less, now it becomes a very sustainable uh, program, very sustainable design, because now you don't need the, uh, at, at, to a certain extent, depending on the type of round. So the brief is very important. If you're going to have more than, than uh, uh, you know, 100,000 rounds a year, well, of course, you're probably going to need 36 holes and have two, two golf courses or whatever. 
But if you're only going to have from 60 downwards, you know, uh, 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 you don't need 36 holes. You don't need 27 holes. You can, you can do very well with 24. That's, that's brilliant. I love it. Hey, I could talk for hours. I can listen to you talk about golf for hours, but our time is almost up and I don't want to miss one quick question from you. If I give you two minutes, can you tell me what the future of golf course design is? Two minutes. That's, that's a daunting task. Well, that, that is, that is, that is not easy, but we have a saying that you, um, you need to think of the future in order to design the present. So if you're, if you're thinking of what exists, you already lost. We are thinking and we are, we are uh, critical thinkers and we're out there questioning, questioning ourselves. What is golf going to look at, look like in 25 years, in 50 years, what are we going to leave behind? Can we leave? And one of our philosophies, inspired by Walter Gropius, by the Bauhaus movement of architecture, it is, it is uh, you know, we would like to inspire a movement of golf architecture. Not a, hopefully not a trend, hopefully not, you know, it's, it could be a movement. What was, you know, could we become a threshold with these concepts that we have created with the smaller footprint and the butterfly golf? You know, so now our concepts uh, that we have are, are, you know, wellness golf, multi-purpose golf, the pit, golf lounge, butterfly golf. Uh, uh, and we're working on five more concepts that I, I can't disclose, but we're always, uh, you know, discovering, thinking, critiquing, and, uh, and, and we want to create this movement. So hopefully we can create this and leave better golf solutions for the future of golf, which is to take care of nature, caress it, embrace it, take care of our resources, water resources. We, we don't need 36 holes if we have 24 with 24 different golf courses. You don't need more, more, more irrigation heads. You don't need more water. You don't need more fertilizers. Let's just concentrate on this. And maybe... Maybe you even disencourage another developer coming in right next to you because you already have 24 golf courses on your site. So, you know, uh, that's, those, those are things that we think about. We don't know if they're going to happen because only time will tell. But that's, that would be my answer is let's, if everybody thinks ahead of the future in order to design the present, we will be just fine. Wow. Very well said, Augie. I loved it. I loved our time. I wish I had a um, more time to talk to you. Obviously, this has been fantastic. Well, Pizagolf.com, right? Yes, P-I-Z-A uh, golf.com and at Pizagolf on Instagram and drop me a line and I'll, I'll be answering and, uh, and and follow Brandel too. He's, uh, he's, he's good at Twitter. You've seen that. So if You've not been blocked by Brandel. There's a whole website designed <laughs> Right, dedicated to blocked by Brandel, I think. So I've not oh, been blocked. No. By him. He and I it read a lot. So that's good. No, he's. Uh, uh, he, hey, I, 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 there's a lot of respect. There's a lot of love, and there's a lot of things that we're going to do together. And uh, hopefully, we can be together with you on your next one in uh, in a few months, and we will have some things to talk about that we're doing together, and uh, and 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 help revolutionize uh, uh, the golf industry. Thank you, Augie. Thank you very much. And everybody, go follow Augie Pisa on uh, on social media. Check out the website. Do everything. And Brandel. Take care. Have a great day, Augie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a great one.